the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. Smooth like butter, sweet like honey. Looks so good like she made off money. She's blonde, five foot two, and 102 pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. It's a woman's world. Woo! It's Friday night. I know. I can taste it. It's all mine, babies. Our dose of tonight's Andrea K. Show. Final hour of the week, and I couldn't be more happy and excited to share this time with you guys, especially because coming up soon, in a few minutes, we're going to be giving away our final, our last family four-pack of tickets to go see, go to the San Diego County Fair. So I cannot wait to give this guys give this to you guys tonight because... Um, you know, with everybody struggling right now with these gas prices and uh, food prices skyrocketing, everything skyrocketing. I mean, I heard yesterday I saw um, out of Baton Rouge that there's an electric version of an F Ford 150 that's for sale in Baton Rouge, Louisiana for one hundred and forty thousand dollars. Skins, would you ever pay one hundred forty thousand dollars for for a Ford truck at all? Let alone an Ford EV. Ford makes fine trucks, but uh, no. But that's what they're trying to tell everybody, right? Oh, <laughs> you tired of paying them high gas prices? Just get yourself an EV. You think about the people. People can't even afford gas. Right. Think about that. One hundred and forty grand for, for a truck. It's just absolutely insane. So at a time when, when things are economically challenged, I'm just glad that we can you know do our part here and, and have you guys get out and have some fun, right? And go experience the San Diego County Fair, which is super, super fun. Um, you know what's not fun is listening to the 911 call uh, that came in for the attempted murderer of Brett Kavanaugh. To hear him talk, and we're not going to play the audio, it's just not only is it by the time we bleeped out every cuss word, you know, you wouldn't even be able to follow what, what the man's saying, but it's just absolutely incredibly disturbing. And it's been how many days now since this person was arrested? Two, three? And the president of the United States has yet to uh, make a statement on it, has not made a statement. A justice of the Supreme Court of the United States still has a mob outside of his home. Oh, but Saki and Schumer say it's their right, Andrea. Yeah. The man's life is still, uh, you know, in, in, under threat because you think just because this guy was arrested, you think he's you think he's the only one that's, that would like to kill Brett Kavanaugh, given everything that was said about him and how he was demonized, how the Supreme Court's being demonized, how we played clip after clip, a clip of the Democrats, including there's no excuse for Chuck Schumer to have specifically called out Gorsuch and Kavanaugh saying it's the, a torrent of, I don't remember the exact words, and I, I don't, yeah, I don't want to play it, um, uh, saying that, you know... He's going to release the whirlwind. Uh, the, yeah, the whirlwind. It's the, a torrent on him. Well, you know, they they have the appointment for life, so what else but violence or threats of intimidation? And that continues to this day. 
AOC bragged uh, the the House as soon as the draft uh, opinion was leaked. The House of Representatives voted, I think, almost unanimously to provide security for the Supreme Court justices. The Senate this week denied it. In fact, AOC bragged about it, um, denying. So, so don't tell me that this isn't exactly what they wanted. Whoever leaked this out, and by the way, it, it's obviously it's one of uh, it, they know who it is. They know who the leaker was. There's no way that they don't. And the and, and whoever the leaker was, this result is absolutely what they want. And I want to play uh, this AOC clip. I think it's clip four. And you can hear um, her hatred and her distaste for and, and her glee in the threats happening to the Supreme Court. That's how I hear it. You tell me how you hear it. Clip four. Now, I wake up this morning and I start to hear murmurs that there's going to be an attempt to pass the Supreme Court Supplemental Protection Bill. The day after gun safety legislation for schools and kids and people uh, uh, is stalled. Oh, so we can pass protections for us and, and here easily, right? But we can't pass protections for everyday people? I think not. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, she would be dancing on Kavanaugh's grave if he had been murdered. And it would have been an extra, it would have been, in Louisiana, we call it lanyap. It would have been lanyap, a little something extra, if his wife or his kids had been involved in it. If those, if those, if those zip ties had been used, right? The stun gun or whatever it is, laser, whatever it was he had. And by the way, she's talking about protections, Right. Oh, uh, we could get protections for them. No, let's talk about the protections that would be afforded this Supreme Court members. It would be security guards that are armed, you know, kind of like what Matthew McConaughey has when he goes around everywhere in public. Like Joe Biden has and Hunter Biden probably has Secret Service protections. What what the American people with the Republican Party is is not in support of is what she's calling what she's calling protections is actually gun control and taking and the push to take guns away from law-abiding citizens in fact what the what we uh, conservatives those who actually care about kids uh, the protections that we want for the kids in the classrooms is the same protections that we want for the supreme court justices and that's armed guards and security around these children so, yeah, AOC, we want the same protections for children that we want for the Supreme Court justices. And speaking of failed security, let's talk about what happened in Uvalde, because I'm not over those kids. And AOC obviously doesn't give a crap about those kids, or she'd be talking about the reality of why 19 kids were slaughtered in a schoolroom, and it didn't have anything to do with gun control. It had to do with them not having the protections that we want them to have, which is hardened school buildings and armed guards and a police force that's actually going to do something to protect the children. The Uvalde incident commander down there is trying to justify the mistakes that were made and of course, uh, we we sh- well, instead of this January sixth sham show trial, we should actually be having some investigations into what happened here. National investigations. I'm glad Bob Walters reported that there is a school district down in Georgia, outside Atlanta, where the teachers are all willing to be armed. We need that because culturally, uh, underlying all of this is really about a culture gone wrong in this country where we've got uh, such a devaluing of life, such a promotion of anarchy in the streets, such a promotion of a society where you just get to go and beat somebody over the head or pull the trigger on somebody you don't like. That's being promoted by the Democrats, by the way. Something you wanted to share, Skins? 
Yeah, it's a question worth asking. Do you think that teachers go through all kinds of education, obviously, to get their credentials and their degrees? Do you think it should be a requirement that if they want to teach, that they also need to learn to defend themselves and their classroom? That's an interesting question. I think I think they should I think they should take the position knowing that their local authorities might require it. You know, what one of the things Bob mentioned was that it was initiated by the school board and the teachers jumped on board with it. Right. And if and here's the thing though. Think about if you're a school teacher and you don't want to be armed, but you got 10, 12, 15 others in the school that are. You know, you're kind of protected even if you are squishy and don't want to, you know, for whatever reasons. Yeah, because the thing is, is there there might be great teachers out there that are just scared of of using a gun. Oh, sure. It was just a question that came off the top. Well, I think it's a great question. uh, Considering. Well, it's a great question. And those are the things that have to be pondered. And I, I do think that I don't think a teacher should be forced to necessarily, but it depends because if you, be, if you think that schools should be, should be handled at the local level, I never wanted the Department of Education. It should be dismantled. These decisions should be made at the local level. Um, I think that if a school board wants to implement this, um, I think, I don't know. What do you guys think? 888-344-1170. Cause I, I think that part of me thinks that you should have that choice as a teacher. Cause I kind of, I don't like, I don't like people being forced to get the jab. Oh, exactly. But that's different because that's being something forced for you to ingest in your body. Um, I think school teachers in Israel are required to carry. Um, I don't. I don't know. I, I have to. I have you to think have, about it. Maybe you take a particular school. Okay, at this particular school, a, a certain an X amount of positions have to have these uh, amount of teachers that are armed. Yeah. Yeah. But then, what if you've? But then, what if you've already? What if they? There's an opening at the school, and it's and it involves uh, one of the one of the. You've got 30 teachers and 18, you know, you know, 30 teachers and 25 have to be armed and five don't. And it's, you know, they're down to 24 that are armed. Well, see, and these are the and things then, that need to be They need to hire somebody. There's a wait list yeah. or, or yeah. something, but the kids have to be protected. And this is something that, that really is, is something that should be discussed. Um, because I, you know, I, I believe in, I'll put it to you this way, though. Two, another way to look at it from an employment standpoint is I believe in at will employment. I don't I don't think I, I don't think that we need unions anymore in this country. We need we needed unions back when we didn't have um, we didn't have enough laws on the books to protect workers. We have too many laws in the books. We have overregulation on businesses and there's no need for these unions. All they are is little communist organizations that hold a gun to the business owner's head or the school district's head and order for demands. And ultimately, most of the money that comes in for those unions um, goes to the union leaders and then it gets funneled back to the Democrat Party. Um, I think that we should uh, we should get rid of these unions. I think we I think schools need to. Uh, get rid of those and they need to be treated from an employment standpoint like every other workplace and that's at will employment uh, I don't believe in tenure for school teachers why should you have permanent be guaranteed a permanent job you got to be earning your your keep and each earning and every year each and yeah and and so um and so I think it should go back to the local level at will employment and if this is something that's needed to protect children you've got a choice whether or not you want to take the job Maybe that's the way we look at it.
because um, there will probably be school districts that don't require it and some that do. I'm curious what you guys think. 888-344-1170. Let's get back real quick to the Uvalde shooting and the excuses being made by these police officers. I mean, quite frankly, would we have needed any, would we have needed, let's start, well, and, and let's start here first. How about we start with the schools being hardened? We had a school here that did not have double uh, deadbolts on the doors. So the school teacher shuts the door, but there's no lock on it. How about if we just started with locks on the doors? How about we started with the doors all being locked during the day and there's only one way to get into a school and you can't get in once the school day starts. You as a visitor cannot get into the school without being let in and it includes a metal detector and we've got armed guards at the door. Let's start there. I would say that's going to solve a lot of your problems. Let's start there. And then if we've got the police that show up on the scene... We don't have idiots like this Uvalde commander whose excuses are, he starts with the excuse that um, he got rid of his radios, his campus radio and his police radio, so did not weigh him down as he's running into the school, the 10 feet or so that he's got to go in there, because one, the, one of the radios had an antenna that was going to flap on him. That's what you're worried about? When we've got an active shooter shooting kids, is whether or not you're going to get whacked in the side with an antenna at the top of your radio? Andrea, I thought it was their first priority to put the lives of others uh, at service. I mean, that's what they're there for. It had, he said the radios had a, quote, whip-like antenna that would hit his side while he ran. You're going into an active shooter situation, and that's what you're worried about? Getting, get, what, what you worried you're going to get a bruise? This is insane. My mind was to get there as fast as possible, eliminating threats. So you took the time to take your radios off instead of keeping running? It's insane. He then um, pinned the blame, and this is according to um, Cron News. This is out of Houston. Uh, Then he pinned the blame uh, for the 77-minute span between his arrival. He was there 77 minutes between his arrival and when the shooter's finally taken out. We don't know how many kids died in that 77-minute span, but here's what we do know. It was most of them. And the fact that they even lost one and he was there 77 yes. minutes is inexcusable. He said that the, what the, the, the blame uh, rests with the elimination of um, his and his primary officer's ability to find the correct key to the door. Now, here's what I'm wondering. Because now we're hearing that the shooter locked himself in, but the previous report was that there were no locks on the door. So then I got to go back and wonder, why are we continuing to get conflicting reports about locked doors? And even if the door was locked, there's the window uh, situation that, you, right. well, that you're going to talk about. And this just blows my mind. Right. But well, before we get into the windows, we're still not getting the truth about what went on. Initially, we heard that the teacher, he got in because the teacher propped a door open. Then we heard that he got in because the teacher shut the door, but there was no lock on it. Now we're hearing, well, we couldn't get in because there was a deadbolt. I don't know what the truth is with this door and any yeah, locks. It's not adding up. It's not adding up. So, Yeah. Okay, so you can't, so then, well, why didn't you use a battering ram to get in? Well, there was a steel frame around the door. Okay, I didn't know that battering rams with SWAT teams couldn't, get, couldn't take down a door that, that had a steel frame around it. But okay, let's talk about the windows because there were windows. Well, we didn't want to break the windows because that might lead to children dying. So you don't know how many children might be hurt if you break in the window. So you don't, and most of the kids end up dying. How about you, buy, how about if you've got, competent shooters which and they're supposed to be 
You break, you break a window and in two seconds you shoot the guy in the head. How many kids are going to be lost by breaking in a window? Yeah, I guess maybe if you're standing back 200 yards away and like dinking rocks and you give him 20 minutes before you get the window broken, then maybe, yeah. Crash all through they do, and do the job. Crash through and kill the dude. This is an absolute insanity and he still has a badge and a gun. Still has a badge and a gun. All right, I'm past the point of taking a break. I've updated you guys on this. Um... Let's get into something good. Y'all ready to win some tickets to the fair? Let's slow that roll on the music real quick there, my man. I've got to make sure nobody, everybody hears the number clearly. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to go take a break. If you want to win a family four-pack to the fair, four of y'all get to go to the fair. The fair's going on until July 4th. No, no tricks, no conditions, a family four-pack to the fair. We're going to take a break, and Skin's going to get give the free tickets to the first caller who calls in at 888 888- Three four four eleven seventy. That's eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. This is the Andrew K Show on AM eleven seventy. The answer. AK Dynamite in a dress, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, she's on the answer, San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. I'm super excited. Not only do I love giving away free tickets and, and gifts to people, especially to find out what great people are getting our tickets. And that includes a friend of the show, Disaffected Mike. And he's actually stayed over during the break because he wants to comment on what we were just talking about. Hello, Disaffected Mike. Hi, Andrea. Uh, first of all, uh, thank you for uh, uh, thank you for choosing me for these tickets. I'm uh, very honored to receive them. Uh, we will or I will enjoy the fair uh, wholeheartedly. So I appreciate it very much. Well, by the way, well, first of all, I just want to make sure you know that he actually was the first caller to call in. We didn't go to our friend Mike and say, here's some tickets. We're in the nope. up and up here on the Andrea K. Show. Phone rang. Nope. We picked it up. Phone rang. We picked yeah, it up and yeah. it was disaffected Mike. Literally, that literally is what happened. Okay. So anyway. All right. So what, I what well, I hope you enjoy. You certainly uh, deserve it. Um, because, yeah, because I like you and I like your views and you like mine. So what did you want to uh, say about, uh, what I was talking about before the break? So it, you know, we have a serious disconnect of information and truth telling in this country. Uh, everybody is so scared now to, uh, reveal what they need to reveal, uh, as a function of truth that, um, they will lie, uh, they will cheat, they will steal, uh, they will obfuscate um, the truth in order to cover their backsides. And it's a really serious problem because um, we will never find out the real truth of what really happened, aside from what was on the ground and the parents that, that fought with the police department in mm-hmm. Uvalde to get in there mm-hmm. and try to save their own children, which a couple of them did. Now, in reality, you know, I always, you know, I also don't want to be held uh, via emotional blackmail uh, by politicians at the altar of a tragedy like this, which was which is horrible mm-hmm. for them to tell me and a vast majority of Americans, gun owning Americans, uh, that we do not care about children coming from a party that absolutely hates children uh, by killing them in the womb. So you know the, the hypocrisy on that alone is is uh, is uh, demands a response that's that's strong. And uh, requires them to get, to shut their mouths once and for all on these topics. Secondly, they never offer any solutions other than uh, wanting to take your rights away, mm-hmm. uh, my rights away, your rights away. Yep. Uh, again, at the altar of a tragedy, using emotional blackmail. So, what would a solution be? What would a common sense solution be 
aside from, uh, you know, taking my rights away uh, to help solve this problem. One, if teachers, armed teachers, if they choose not to be armed, have school boards, give them the, give them the allowance, taxpayer money, because these are government-funded schools, to allow armed security to be in these schools. If that doesn't apply, then another great solution is, I'm an engineer, by the way, so I always look for solutions that can be engineered. Um, install roll-up doors above and behind every door on uh, a school a classroom door with, um, uh, that can be activated when there's an active shooter on scene that can be rolled down all at once in unison from a central office or like you would pull a fire alarm um, in, a, in, a, in, a school hall, in a school hallway. That way, all doors would be protected uh, from behind by these roll-up doors uh, that can almost not really be broken down at all. And they're out of the way, they're above the doors, they're behind them, and they roll down in, in, the, in, in, in case of an active shooter. And all classes would be closed that way in the event that a door, that a front door fails to lock or that way a teacher never has well, to let me Well, let me interrupt you. To, to do a door. Yeah, we're, we're going to have to take a break here in a minute, but let me interrupt you just if sure. I Mike. Those things can take time to roll down and somebody can get, a, get somebody could get under those doors before they shut. So that's, I think I think fair, if I fair point. Right. I think that but I'd rather have that than nothing at all. Well, I think I think a better solution is what I talked about before, which is, I think, first of all, once the kids are inside the classrooms and the school day has started, there is no entrance into the schools um, without a, a visitors being planned in advance. Unexpected visitors um, must be sure. be identified and recognized for who they are. And there's no reason for anybody besides a parent or first responder to be coming into the school during the school day. And so if the perimeters are locked down, secured with armed guards, you don't need these kinds sure. of doors, uh, you know, uh, roll down doors for the classrooms. Got to leave it there, disaffected, Mike. Appreciate sure. you so much. We're up against a break. Congrats on the tickets. Hey. And, and hope, Thank you. Hey, I hope you have a great time at the fair. Um, Likewise. Thank you. Thanks, honey. In fact, oh, I forgot to tell everybody, we're actually going to be doing the show from the fair next Wednesday night. So we don't have the details yet as to where we're going to be in the fairgrounds. And what By the way, if I'm do. stuck in the studio, I, I demand some Australian battered potatoes brought back to the studio. You're going to have to be there with well, me. I what, hope you so. can't, how can tater skins? I haven't heard the official words. I don't can, know yet. Yeah. So I no, I, I got to say right now, I got to have tater skins there with me while we eat the Australian Oh, I like the, the way you think, The girl. Australian taters, absolutely. Um, I do, before we finish talking about the fair, we got a sweet card from somebody who won tickets This was yesterday. awesome. She's so wonderful. The card says, Dear Miss Dynamite and Mr. Skins, Thanks to you, too, and KCBQ for the generous treat. I've been waiting for a full-fledged fair since the lockdown. While getting signatures to recall Newsom, I received a compliment when I heard uh, from a neighbor that the mailman was tired of me highlighting President Trump's accomplishments. <laughs> um I met Ashley Babbitt's mother, who is devastated to this day. Yes, and and I, I wanted to read this because um, we're devastated for Ashley Babbitt's um, family and her husband, and they do live here in San Diego. Uh, to remind you, listeners, if you're not from here, she, uh, she the writer goes on to say she is a boat owner, a liveaboard. I'm not going to give uh, the location of where, but I see it here in the card. And thank you so much. And she says someday y'all will awaken the woke. That's what we hope to do every night here, uh, Christina. Uh, and I, we thank you and we love you and we thank you so much for sending this card here to us. We appreciate that. I guess she dropped off the card when she picked up the ticket. So love that so much. All right. When we come back, 
We're going to talk about, speaking of workplaces, there's maybe a movement to go to a four-day work week. Y'all like that idea? 888-344-1170. We're going to talk about that and an ugly workplace story when we come back. This is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170. The Answer, San Diego. News, politics, and current events. It's the Andrea K. Show on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. So there is a test underway in the U.K. right now for a 32-hour work week, and there has been calls for shorter work weeks. This comes to us from Outlook.office. Um, Skins found this article. And um, because the U.K. is testing this out, this is a, it's sparking conversation around the world and whether or not it would work here. This um quote, international entrepreneur, Rob Robertson said, no, it is a well-known fact that most stay-at-home employees are not cranking out 45 hours a week. Uh, he's, uh, I'm not really sure what the point is there. Um, that almost sounds like it would be in support of four days. He says, even if some companies do implement four-day work weeks, I think the more ambitious workers will not be able to check out for 72 hours. We would all stare at our devices, but be drawn like a moth to a flame to check in after a day or two of leisure. Um, I, I, I think that that's overly simplistic. I think it's, you know, reading the minds of people. I think that it, I think that whether or not a four day work week will work depends on the industry and the job and the roles and responsibilities. I don't think you, I don't think you can cookie cut cutter the situation. In fact, most every job I've ever had had way more work than 40 hours to be done. Oh, even here at the studio, there's, you know, it, you know, we're working here five days a week and there's lots to get done and you carry over to the next week. Yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, and also I, the financial impact, Andrea, because the salary implications, if your salary doesn't matter whether you work, you know, four or five days a week, if you're hourly, you're actually going to be losing pay. Well, yeah. And not only that, but it's like if you're in a job right now to where suddenly you don't need to be there for one day a week. Well, well, maybe it's not really a full time position. So or you're or you're there because you're doing work every day that's fresh for that day. Well, what's going to happen with that work if you're not there? What if it involves customer service of some kind and customer service has to be done every day? Now, I will tell you in sales, it can be a little bit different. Um, like when I worked at Xerox, one of the things that was Xerox was famous for and books have been written about how difficult of a company it was was to work for in the 80s and 90s, particularly in the 90s when I was there. Uh, there was uh, books written about it. And um, one of the things that they did was they felt that the average person, they believed in a five-day work week, but they felt that the average person kind of wasted a couple hours a day hanging out to, at the at the water cooler, not really focused and, and all that. And so what they did was in order to keep us completely focused on, um, how do I explain this? They scheduled every week a lot of meetings and training sessions on us. And the reason why they did that was because it forced us to maximize and be productive in the hours that we were not sitting in meetings. So they got that way they got five days of at least 40 hours out of us. Because if you wanted to survive and eat when you weren't sitting in a meeting, and I mean, when we were in meetings, there was work going on. When you weren't sitting in a meeting then you better be out hustling the rest of the time or you weren't going to make any money. And so it was a way. So there is something to be said about the fact 
that most workers eight hours are not giving eight hours of hard productivity. I, I see the point, but it's also, you know, again, that's something that's going to change per industry and also per the individual. You have a lot of hardworking people, you know, they're working 50 hour weeks and they're putting in 50 hours of work. Right. I mean, that there's been jobs that I did in sales to where I literally, when I was doing outsourcing facilities management, taking over, I was like a corporate raider. I would take over large mail and distribution centers and or when I was doing big legal, you know, copy centers, I slept with, you know, my phone because an attorney would be copying docs at three in the morning. And it's just like, I mean, like, literally, I did so many different jobs in that position that I worked literally around the clock. But then there were other sales jobs to where really, I could hit my numbers working 20 hours a week. And the rest of the time I was able to play. So it just, I, so in other words, there is no cookie cutter. I think that no. it should be, and I think that every company should have the right to say, here's the different positions that we have. Here's the roles and responsibility. This is a full-time position. This is salary. This is hourly. This is part-time. And be able to do what's best for their company, best w- within their industry. Also not, and I like what you just said, and not be forced by state government to say, hey, this is what is a full-time work week at, you know, it was 40, but now it's 32. Right. There are some people that can work from home, do tele- telecommuting, and there's some people to where it's the kind of job like you. I mean, you can't be doing your job from home. No. I this could. It's a hands-on job. It's five days a week at that, and mm-hmm. it's in the studio. Yeah. And um, there's times when y'all got to be here later because things go down and things go bad. It's technology. And it's technology (laughs) and y'all got to be here. Now, me, I can use an app and do it from home. I like to come in because I like to be in here with you. It's not the same experience for me if I'm doing it from home. Yeah, I get to sit there with Gator on my lap. But there's something about being in the studio. So um, that's my thoughts. What do you guys think? 888-344-1170. I think that one of the reasons why there's a push for this is because people got used to sitting at home and don't necessarily want to get up. They don't want to pay $6.50, $7 a gallon of gas to drive to work. And they're, part of the part of the goal of those lockdowns was to change the culture and to make us less ambitious, to affect the average, you know, I've been hearing since I was a kid, oh, you know, in Europe, they get six weeks off. In Europe, they don't have to work eight hours a day. Well, yeah, well, you know, I, I don't want the culture of Europe, They're, the culture of America to be ambitious, hardworking, that we weren't, we weren't guaranteed anything in this country but opportunity. Your rights come from God, not from man. You're not entitled to anything but opportunity. You're not entitled to a dime because our government has no money. It makes no money, right? So um, this is all a push and part of a push to change the fabric of this country. And that's why the discu- even having the discussion, Andrea, I, I, I think it's concerning. People should pay attention because that is the goal. Yeah. Speaking of a uh, bad workplace story, um, I think you were the one who told me about this, I think. I'm not sure how, how this came to my mind today or how I saw this, but um, somebody named Jack Del Rio. And y'all know, this is another reason, by the way, for why I, I, I'm over. I'm a recovering NFL addict. I used to literally be obsessed with the NFL. I'm not anymore over the whole kneeling crap and how woke they've gotten. Here's an example of woke that has to do with, and this is a workplace job, right? It may be the NFL. These coaches may be doing something that, you know, is, is so extraordinary beyond what the average person ever has to do within a workplace, but it's still a workplace. This guy, Jack Del Rio, who's the defensive coordinator. He's not even a head coach. Who cares about who cares about the defensive coordinator, right? Who even knows who that is? Back when I was an NFL addict, 
I knew who the offensive coordinators were. I don't know that much about, I don't think I even knew as, as, as obsessed as I was who the defensive coordinators were on every team. I mean, I might know in the Saints and the Chargers, but I didn't know Washington. So this guy, defensive coordinator, Jack Del Rio, he's been fined $100,000 by the team for his comments that he made about protests in the wake of the police killing of George Floyd and the January 6th uh, situation. Coach Ron Rivera, who used to work for the Chargers, by the way, never really liked him when he was the head of the defense uh, uh, here in uh I think he he was he was was he the defensive coordinator here for the Chargers? And you don't know NFL. I'm a baseball guy. I he was here in football. San Diego. I think he, I think he wanted to be head coach here, and and I think that's when they brought. Never mind. Anyway, Ron Rivera announced uh, today uh, that his Del Rio statements were hurtful to members of the local community and did not reflect the views of the organization. Did his contract? Did he sign something in his contract? I want to know what his contract states. Did he sign something in his contract that says that he that he is not allowed? He's given up his his First Amendment rights and he must toe the line of the political positions of the organization. Did he sign that? Here's what he said. He said, um, I don't have a quote of what he said, um, but he questioned uh, why the protest in the summer of 2020 after Floyd's death were not receiving the same scrutiny as January 6. Right. Because these protests after George Floyd involved what? 20 people died, I think, in those in those protests. Private business owners, many black owned, were completely destroyed. I keep talking about this video I saw. I can't get it out of my head of of one of these George Floyd protesters literally hitting a black business owner over the head with a two by four before burning down that business. So, yeah, I think Del Rio's got a point here, whoever he is, Mr. Little Defensive Coordinator, got a point that there wasn't the same scrutiny over the Black Lives Matter and the Antifa rioting and reign of terror that went on in this country that January 6th is getting. And they fined him $100,000 for that? And again, like you said, unless he's got something specific in his contract, he's done nothing wrong. And, of course, uh, he apologized, and he was fined $100,000. I would say, you're going to fine me $100,000? I ain't apologizing to you. Read between the lines of my hand here. Quite frankly, I would have quit. How much of these? I don't see. I don't know his contract. This is why I really wish I had the deets on his contract. Uh, Rivera goes on to state he understands the distinction between the events of that dark day and peaceful protests, which are a hallmark of our democracy. Was that peaceful protest you saw on the wake of George Floyd? Mm, Such your idea of peaceful saw. protest. Wow, what a lying sack. He, Rivera goes on to say that, it, that Del, Del Rio had a constitutional right to voice his opinion. Then why are you jacking him for $100,000? Wow. Words have consequences, and his words hurt a lot of people. So? So? Does this contract say that he's not allowed to ever tweet anything that's going to hurt anybody's feelings? And how do you know whether or not, I tell you what, this hurt, you know, I'm hurt by this. What about my feelings? Andrea K, uh, K's feelings weren't considered. No, neither were the business owners who were who were um, who were lost their businesses. The people who lost their lives, right? Their feelings weren't considered. He goes on to say, I want to make it clear that our organization will not tolerate any equivalency between those who demanded justice in the wake of George Floyd's murder and the actions of those on January 6th who topple our our, um, government. 
I, I don't know how, how anybody could tolerate working there. Del Rio, you know. I wouldn't um, want to. Yeah, why would you want to? And, and by again, the way. Andrew, he apologized and he didn't have to because at the end of the day, it didn't matter. Well, right. And do I need to, do we need to go, let's go back and revisit George Floyd, right? Who, who, um, well, I don't even want to spend the time on that. Absolutely ridiculous. So, um, anyway, there's that. Just another reason. This, this is a nominee for Stink of the Week. All right, we're going to take a break. We come back. We are going to talk here of the week in Stink of the Week. Uh, I hope you got yours ready, my man skins. We know I got some answers on the socials for people for their nominees here of the week in Stink of the Week. But if you've got one you want to throw in at the last minute, give us a buzz. 888-344-1170. This is the Andrea K Show. My name, 1170. The answer, San Diego. The Donut Queen of San Diego. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer, San Diego. It's now time for Here of the Week and Stink of the Week. And my man Skins has a couple of stinks. What's your, uh, what's your nominee? Well, it is one stink because he's the problem. And that's uh, President Joe Biden because with all this inflation, Andrea, mm-hmm. uh, if you're a fan of the hot dog like me, uh, they used to be the provider of the Dodger dog no longer, but they still make a heck of a hot dog. Uh, the Farmer John Meat Packing Plant located in Vernon, California for more than 90 years is expected to stop all operations in the first part of next year. And their parent company, uh, Smithfield Foods Incorporated, they are moving their business from the West Coast to different regions because they can't afford it. Wow. Yeah. How many does that article show how many workers we're talking about? How many employees? It's got to be a lot. It's got to be a lie. It's it doesn't, it doesn't say here. So, yeah, a lot of people are going to be losing their jobs. Yeah, that's a shame. Now, you were also upset earlier over a condiment. I mean, you oh, even brought this uh, up at the open of the show. Maybe the condiment, Andrea. Right now, apparently, there is a huge shortage. You know, there's all the supply chain issues that's been going on. Uh, Biden hasn't helped that. And we are having a shortage of sriracha sauce, which is like a sweet chili sauce, mainly used in, like, Asian dishes. And I use it on just about everything. So does... Uh, carrot sticks, put it in soups, and there is an experiencing right now a huge sriracha shortage, and uh, this is just, this has hit me where it, where it counts. <laughs> Biden, okay. you got to fix this. Okay, I, well, first of all, what is the cause of this shortage? Because it cannot be, cannot be people buying it off the shelves. I have never in my life tried this sriracha sauce. Ever. You need, I'm going to bring you in a bottle. You have to try it. It's really good. Now, it says well, it's actually because of a shortage, of a m- month-long shortage of chili peppers affecting the distribution. What kind of chili peppers? I'm not even sure, but they're good. Cause we, well, because we, you know, we got where I come from. In New Iberia, we make the Tabasco sauce. Tabasco is good as well. Right. Um, so, in fact... If you, and if you like Tabasco, you will love sriracha. Why? You just said it was sweet. I'm not into. I'm not into sweet. It's my, not with my sweet favorite. like you think. Well, you said it's not sweet. like candy sweet. Okay. Well, I don't know. I know. I know that it's on. Trend. I'm going to hook you up. Look, I know it's on trend. I mean, I can't watch any Food Network show where they're not loading everything up with this sriracha sauce. To me, I I think so. Inflation is making it hard for you know you know farmers to do to do their job. They're not going to be able to get to the supplies to the people that are making the sauce, and there's going to be a lack of sauce, Andrea. Well, I'm wondering if it's not a situation where these peppers don't have to do with the farmers having a fertilizer shortage. That too, thanks to Biden and, and his Russia Ukraine excellent connected. adventure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, Biden, you're in the stink, my friend. Fix the problem. 
All right. Well, now I know what to give you for Christmas and put in your stocking. Oh, the a sriracha. Bottle on top. Yeah, a little bottle of sriracha. Um, you know, to me, I look at that and I think, look, if you've got to cover up your food with condiments in some way, it's not properly cooked. That's my theory. No, you add. Oh, you only need a little bit. It just adds flavor. I'm telling you, you're going to love know. it. I don't know. I, I'm not the biggest condiment person in the world, I will tell you. I don't like anything white. I'm not interested in any sour cream, well, creme fraiche. <laughs> well, I don't I don't like the mayonnaise. I, I don't I don't not like the white. Family. No. I don't want I don't want to see and same thing with sour cream. I know it's in the kitchen when I go eat my Mexican food. I don't but I don't even want to see it and I don't even want it on the plate. Oh, well, we just put it on the side. Aren't you not I a don't. fan of guacamole either? No. I don't like the guacamole. Well, what do you put on Mexican food? Um I don't need a lot of condiments. If my food is properly cooked, I don't need a lot of condiments on it. I, I do like, you know what? If I'm going to put salsa on something, I like tomatilla salsa, which okay, is good. the green, that's which good. is the green salsa. That's what I like. All right. Um, Your stink. You got to hear. Well, my stink is the, there's so much stink. I mean, I could go with the January 6th thing, which is just, just incredible stench. But I got to, I got to give my stink of the week to the Uvalde commander who, yeah, I mean, I just saw a timeline up on a, on a monitor and even a far left show is showing the timeline that within three minutes, there was still children alive on the phone with 911 three minutes before they finally got in and killed the, the gunman. So children died as a result of this Uvalde dude. He has no business continuing to carry a badge. I'm tired of the cover-up. I'm tired of hearing gun control nonsense. I'm tired of hearing AOC not providing protections to the Supreme Court, leaving them as sitting ducks to be slaughtered off the backs of these dead kids. Off the backs of these dead kids. Let's move into positive. You got a hero? Uh, two of them. And we, we were talking off the air, Andrea, and we, I got to give them props because they are consistent in defending this country and the Constitution. And of course, I'm talking about Congressman Andy Biggs and Marjorie Taylor Greene. Yeah. Uh, Biggs is my nominee for this week. Um, he is um, he has drawn a line in the sand. This is according to Western Journal. He has refused. Uh, there was, I guess he was under a subpoena uh, to testify. And he has uh, said he's said it's illegitimate. It's a rigged panel. And he, uh, and according to um, this report here, he said, here's what he said from an article he wrote in American Greatness on Wednesday. In an unprecedented step, Pelosi denied House Minority Leaders Uh, selections for the committee. She appointed the anti-Trump, anti-Republican duo of Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger. He's the only Republican who's called them out, right? He said ensuring only members who supported her desired political outcome would serve on the committee. The committee has been using uh, issuing subpoenas to the public and now members of Congress without authority. Um, He said the committee is required to submit subpoena requests to the ranking member of the committee before subpoenas can be issued. He went on to say um, that it's illegitimate. He's refusing to comply. This is him and Peter Navarro. It for me. Ivanka Trump and Jared comply with these Bill Barr. I'm done with all y'all. I never want to see Javanka ever again, even if Trump is back in the White House. Love you all. See you Monday. Have a great but safe weekend. Hydrate. It's going to be hot. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.